0: Every prayer I make is a prayer i pray. If my God is for me, tell me who can be against me? I walk by faith, each by faith to live by faith. I put my trust. Walk. My faith, each day. My faith, to live. My faith, I could. And don't ever stop No, don't ever stop Hey! And you alone You alone I will speak with all my heart Set my eyes, set my mind Upon your word Jesus, you are the way You are the way I will follow. You are the way, the only way I will follow. Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is life. Lead me in the way everlasting, don't ever stop. walk. I will walk in the path of your commands. In the strength of your name, God, I will live. Jesus, you are the way, you are the way I will follow. Yeah, you are the way, the only way, and I will will follow the way. I don't want to miss outside your way. I don't want to miss your heart for me. You're the way. You're the way. Sing whatever, whatever is true, whatever is right. never stop In church, you know, the
1: way.
0: You know the way,
2: he is the way, and the truth, and the life, amen. All right, well, folks, let's take a moment to greet the folks around you, and kids, you are dismissed to Adventure Zone. Have a great morning back there, and we'll continue with our worship in just a couple minutes here. All right, folks, let's make our way back to our seats here. I love this next song so much. And um, Kayla is going to take the lead on this. And we invite you to sing along with us. Worship the beautiful name of Jesus. Thank you for the powerful name of Jesus. The name above all names. The way, the truth, and the life. The one who saves, the one who redeems, the one who restores. The one who makes all things new. You are so worthy of our praise and our devotion, Lord. And so right now in this moment, we humbly recommit we surrender our lives to you and as we prepare to hear from PC this morning Lord help us to have ears to hear help us to receive your word help us to allow it to change us from the inside out I ask that you would give PC wisdom and courage and grace as he brings your word today Lord fill him with your spirit and empower him to boldly declare your truth this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everyone. You can have a seat. Will you please welcome back P.C. Walker.
3: Good morning, everybody. There are some of those songs, man. You went back a bit. I think there's a couple of those songs you're not allowed to sing without an overhead projector. I think (laughs) That's a good point. I think so. I think everyone in here knows about it. Oh, my kids don't. So an overhead projector is from the 1900s when we used to have to do worship by uh, putting them on a clear sheet of paper. You'd have to write out, unless you were fancy, you could have had them typed out on the sheets, but otherwise you'd have to write them out in a dry erase marker, and then they would project it up on there. And part of the worship team was the guy who flipped the that was you yeah <laughs> don't mess that up uh, it's kind of like kind of like slides now and uh nobody knows that anybody's doing it until they mess up and then uh <laughs> that was the projector then there was like nobody even knows there's a guy or a woman running the projector until they miss a sheet and we're already on to the second verse and I don't know what the second verse is because you didn't put that sheet up so that was the overhead projector so A couple of those songs brought me back to that. Uh, Well, I'm happy to be here with you all. Um, Gary said he needed a break, uh, and he um, he also uh, recommended taking a break from Acts, which is where he's been and you guys have all been for a little while now. So uh, I actually get to take. I'm going to be with you for three weeks, so that's that's fun. I'm going to be excited to do that, and we're going to take a break not only for and from Gary, but also uh, uh, a break from Axe. So uh, we get to take a break, brief break, and when he gets back, he'll jump right back in uh, and pick up where he left off. Uh, but I, uh, we talked, I talked a little bit with Gary about uh, where could we go for three weeks, and uh, there were a couple ideas that we, we were thinking through and we walked through and we talked about, uh, and one of them, Uh, that I am really excited about and I always love talking about, uh, is we're actually going to spend some time in Proverbs. So if you have your Bibles with you or on your phone, then if you just want to turn to Proverbs chapter one, uh, that's where, where you will be today, but, uh, also kind of throughout the next three weeks, I'm just going to talk a very briefly, give you some big pictures of, uh, what we find in the Proverbs because it's one of my favorite parts of scripture to read. And, uh, having been a college pastor for a long time, there were always, like, new believers or people who were curious that weren't even believers yet and wanted to know a little bit about the Bible, and they didn't know where to start, and a lot of times, people would send them to pastors I know would send them to the Gospels, start with Jesus, start with the Gospels, which makes a lot of sense, Uh, but a lot of times, I would send them to start in the Proverbs or start in Psalms, uh, uh, which is what we... All kind of have considered to be really what we call the wisdom literature, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that too. Uh, but there's something rich about finding ourselves in the proverbs, finding ourselves in this wisdom literature of Scripture, uh, because whether you're a believer or not, you can usually find yourself in those spaces. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about what, why that is. Uh, but before I start, let me pray, and then we'll just jump in and uh, and we'll go through. Uh, what I have for you today, um, and what I feel like God is kind of instructing us and calling us to for the next few weeks, all right? Uh, Let me pray, and then we'll jump in. God, we praise you again for who you are and for the opportunity that we have to come together. Uh, Even though people are on vacation and they're away, and uh, there are some of us who are still working and still doing things through the summer, and it's... Um, things just go crazy throughout our week and then we always have the opportunity to come back together Uh, and every time we come together we have the opportunity to remind one another that what we know of Jesus, what we know of scripture is still true what we know of who you are is still true regardless of what happens at work, regardless of what happens in our homes throughout the week, at our workplace and in our city, and our still true. Everything we know of who you are is still true. So today, God, as we look at uh, your word, as we look at scripture, we ask that you would continue to remind us of who you are, what you're calling us to, and remind us how to live this life differently uh, and to live it better. And we will give you glory. We will going to talk a little bit about wisdom literature. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what that is, uh, if that's the first time you've ever heard that term. Uh, If you read through all of scripture, there are genres of literature. So, you know, sometimes we have this conversation like um, people, uh, sometimes we we polarize it to where we say like some people read the Bible literally, some people read it figuratively, uh, and then only literally only figuratively and they miss the fact that if you read it not just literally but you read it literally uh, realizing that this is there are several genres of literature that are in throughout scripture some of them are poems some of them are uh, are the proverbs that we're going to look at some of them are teaching moments that Jesus is giving uh, and some of them are letters that are written to teach and to admonish and Uh, And there's a number of things, and there's prophetic words, and there are prophetic genres. And so there's a lot of genres of scripture when we read through all of scripture. So to read it literarily makes a little bit more sense to realize what kind of literature are we looking at when we read this book of the Bible versus the other book of the Bible. Uh, And so it's important to know that because that informs how we read. That informs how we address that part of scripture. And the wisdom literature... In the Old Testament begins with the Proverbs, and it also includes the book of Job, it includes Ecclesiastes, and it includes Ruth. And some people will even loop in the Song of Songs into the literature uh, that is the Old Testament proverb literature or the wisdom literature. The literature is terribly rich, though, it's very beautiful. Uh, and if we are going to look at the Proverbs or look at any idea of wisdom literature, At the beginning of any study, you have to realize how beautiful it is. I mean, even opening your Bible, just opening your Bible to the Proverbs, and you probably have, if you have Proverbs on the right side, like I do, and the end of Psalm on the left side, uh, what's the first thing that you notice just by looking at the layout? Is that it's poetry. Just by looking at the layout of it, it's written in poetic form. It's beautiful. Even opening your Bible to it, Without any moment of study yet, you realize that it's poetic. This is artful literature, my friends. And the Proverbs are not just bullet points. A lot of people read the Proverbs like bullet points or checklists of how to live life. And that is not how it was written. That's not how it was intended to be read. Half of the Bible is written in poetry. So you really have to like it, or at least appreciate it even if you don't like it. Poetry likes to play with us a little bit. And it's not bullet points of verses. Remember that verses, how we see verses, that's stuff we added later. Right? So none of scripture was written in verses with numbers to for you to address and to find it to. So the verse by verse or the numbers that are written out as verses, that is not the inspired part of God. That's stuff we added later. You have to read it as it was written. And the Proverbs particularly are written as poetic verse for us to have a sense of wonder or you'll miss the beauty. There's strong imagery in here. There's analogy. There's narrative in all of the wisdom literature, especially in the Proverbs. The Proverbs and all of wisdom literature is Israel's greatest art. They are very proud of their art. These are the things that when you would go to their festivals, this is the stuff that they would read out in their festivals as a part of their art. So we have to really invest in what we're, how we're addressing it and how we're reading it and uh, that this is poetic literature that is also didactic, which means that it is poetic literature that is meant to teach. It is meant to instruct. It is meant to design in a way that it gives you instruction for how to live life. Uh, One of my professors in seminary said that if you teach these as just solid commandments, but you don't have a story behind it, then you've done it wrong. You're missing the story. You're missing the beauty. You're missing the art of what is here. Wisdom isn't the way of living. Wisdom is how you ought to live. It's designed to show the formation of your character, the way that life should be. And so we have to realize that as we begin to look into it. But let's read real quick. Starting in, ver- in chapter 1, I'm just going to read uh, verses tw- starting in verse 20. Uh, this, is, this is an important aspect that you read. If you begin to read through this, the Proverbs, which at the end of today I'm going to kind of give you a, a challenge since I get to be with you for three weeks. Uh, and that will be for the most of July. And there are 31 Proverbs and there are huh, 31 days. In July, So uh, I think we should read these together. So uh, as we begin to read through these, and as you sit down to read through these over the next month or so, um, these are a few, I'm going to highlight a few important points for you to look out for as you begin to read through. And this is the first one. This, this shows you what is happening here. Uh, verse 20 starts out like this. It says, Wisdom cries aloud in the street, in the markets, She raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refused to listen have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. One first very important thing to understand about wisdom is that it's personified here, but it is shown to be that wisdom calls out to us. It's always calling out to us. A better way of living is always calling out to us. If we would heed the call, we would have wisdom But wisdom never stops calling out. We are to desire wisdom, pursue wisdom, go after wisdom with everything that we can. We are to desire the formation of our character all the days of our lives because all the days of our lives wisdom is calling out, saying, I have things for you. I'm showing you how to live life differently and to live it better. Even today, I still call out to you. Even when everything gets noisy in the noisy streets of life, Wisdom still calls out. There's a line of wisdom that is still calling out to us. I almost called, I mean, because we, we have to pursue this, we have to go after wisdom, that's why we called it Pursuit and the Answering the Call of Life, but I almost called a, a, the series a, a Character in Crisis. The entirety of wisdom literature, including the, the Proverbs, but in all of it, it's shown as a narrative about the character of a person. There's deep narrative in all of the wisdom literature. William Brown does a great job of unpacking all of wisdom literature with addressing character. He says that the Proverbs is about the formation of character. So you read the Proverbs to form your character, to learn what it looks like to form your character. Then the first part of Job, he says, is the deformation of character. It was when all of the character that's been built has been deformed. And then the second part of Job is the reformation of character after it has been deformed. And then he even says that Ecclesiastes, if you read through Ecclesiastes, is the reconstruction of character once it's broken down. We have to realize this vital place that character plays in the pursuit of wisdom. Meaning that the life according to the word of God is the true life that we want to live but it always calls out to us and how to live better. The Greek word for character has an image attached to it. It's an image of like a stamping tool or an engraving tool. It's something that is foundational, and it addresses character, and it etches away at what our character ought to be. The ancient Greek understanding of character is that it is a way for a good action, the way for the behavior in life. It's how we ought to live. But our culture has drastically watered down our understanding of character. We don't have it as, we've kind of in our culture turned character, and we've equated character with personality. Like this is just my personality, it's just kind of how I am. And if if character is just simply personality, then why worry about it? Because you're not going to change someone's personality. You can't form someone's personality. But if you hold to a more foundational understanding of what does it mean to have a ca- our character, of who we really are and who we are meant to be, our character as an engraving tool, as a shaping tool for who we are, something that is within each of us, if we have a better foundational understanding of it, then it forms the way we act. It changes the way we behave in day-to-day life. It changes how we address different circumstances that come our way. And we try to do it well, we try to do it in a way that is wise. Wisdom also forms how we see the world. So when we say this word wisdom, or to be wise, it is in one part how to live life, how to live life well. But it also is how do you perceive the world around you. Because how you see the world around you, how you see people, how you see God, how you see the circumstances really does matter because it changes the way you live. And it's a very important characteristic of part of our who we are. When we named our girls, um, we, we had meaning of name as very important to us. We, uh, we wanted names that meant something, uh, that were meant to be very important. Uh, and I believe strongly, still do believe strongly, that you can raise your child into their name, into who they are, who they are meant to be, and how you hope. I remember writing things when we named our girls. I still have those things written out. I wrote out my hopes for them. Um, I wrote out what I pray and hope for their life, but also just how do I hope that they perceive this world? How do they, I hope that they live through the rest of this life. And um, that they would pursue those things well. What are their perceptions, their intentions that are formed out of their character? Formed out of like an engraving, stamping part of their life. Briley Sage means gracious strength and wisdom. My hope for her is that she realizes that wisdom is a strength that it's pursued and it's used correctly, it can be a strength. My hope is that she knows that wisdom is strong and it is gracious. Hattison, peace, is made up of a word that has two different terms. The first, Haddison, refers to the original Adam. It refers to the beauty of the way God created the world to be, how he intended the world to be. And many times I have said, uh, and I've preached before, many times I've said beauty and restoration are anything that points back to the way things ought to be. Beauty, if it's beautiful, it really does point to the way things ought to be, the way God intended it to be. And my hope for Hattie is that she perceives and intends for life to be as God intended it to be. That even when it's messy, and even when it's messed up around us, that she can still see through every circumstance to see, this. I know how God intended this to be. And her middle name is Peace, which actually gets at the idea of the completion of how God intended it to be. And I hope these things for my daughters, and I raise them in ways that Uh, I hope that it's always possible to keep them understanding the meaning of their name. Really to mean something about my hopes for the way that they perceive the world. It matters how we see the world. It matters how we see everything around us and how we understand the circumstances. The primary instruction of Proverbs is that we would challenge the way we see the world around us. That we would challenge our character, so that we're always developing and becoming more and more how we ought to be. And in chapter two of Proverbs, there is this one. There's a few verses that I think are the linchpin for all of the proverbs. And if we understand these few verses, starting in chapter three, uh, no, starting in chapter two, I'm going to read verse three. And if you see this, if you see this reality, this is like the linchpin that will help us really navigate the rest of the Proverbs. But starting in verse 3 of chapter 2, it says, Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden for treasures, then you will understand the fear of God and find the knowledge of God. Wisdom is personified somehow with God in the Proverbs. It's given this idea of like the woman that is the desirable woman is wisdom. We're pursuing wisdom. We want to find wisdom. But we are also understanding that the will of God and who God is is also personified with wisdom as a, as a character. And this divine character calls out for those who will actually pursue it and take hold of it. The primary evidence of the pursuit of wisdom, though, like it says is here, and you will see it. If you read through Proverbs, you're going to see it over and over and over again. But the primary evidence that someone pursues God and pursues wisdom in their life is the fear of God. We're going to talk a little bit more about the fear of God next week. What does that mean? What does that look like? What does it look like to have that within us? But the important thing for us to remember as we keep moving into Proverbs is that the instruction of the Father shows us a picture of that says life is saturated with wisdom. Wisdom keeps calling out to us if we will listen to it. And if we would just take hold of it, it's always calling out to us. But life is crazy. And there are a lot of voices in the city gates. There are a lot of voices in our culture. There are a lot of voices in our world today that call out just all the time. But it's noise. But wisdom calls out Even amidst the noise, if we will just pursue wisdom, dial our ears in to hear wisdom only. The intention is to pursue wisdom and reject folly. We'll see folly come up several times. Folly is also personified throughout, throughout the Proverbs. Wisdom is given a personification of the desirable woman that we want to seek and we want to pursue, we want to go after and hear from even amidst the noise. But the folly is also given a, uh, a personification. Sometimes it says the strange woman. And there are some translations that call her a harlot. Folly is this harlot that also calls out to you. But you don't want to listen to that. Don't listen to the, fo- to the folly. Don't listen to the harlot. The intention is to avoid evil and go after wisdom. You'll find that both Lady Wisdom and the Harlot call out to us. If the student can perceive the world as one saturated with the presence of wisdom and would intentionally pursue wisdom instead of the folly rejecting the Harlot, then the student develops character. We develop who we are meant to be. So, the basic definition of wisdom, if I just had to give one, is that it is the skill of to deal with life complexities in ways that contribute to a healthy community. If we would listen to wisdom, we could live life even through all of its complexities in a way that actually contributes greatly to our community and to our family and to our church and to our community around us. The goal of wisdom literature is a narrative that shows first in Proverbs, a young man learning from his father at home and then he grows and he moves on to learning from his teachers and the rabbis in the school of life. And the ultimate goal is that in society, wisdom grows within a woman or a man to the point where they can actually then go teach in the city gates from a wise perspective. It's something given to you from the outside of you, wisdom. It calls out to you. Wisdom is what allows you to respond intelligently, Attentively and wisely. That means in any given situation, regardless of what situation you come across, every single situation you come across, there is an intelligent way to respond. But do you know what it is? If you have pursued wisdom more and more often, in every circumstance, you will know the wise way to respond. But we have to pursue wisely. We have to pursue wisdom as much as we can. If you have pursued, and if you've come to attain some wisdom in your life for living life differently, you will choose the right things in those moments, every given moment, more and more often. The one who has wisdom, having pursued and gained it, is the one who just seems to have a knack for that area. You know these people, right? Maybe it's you. I don't know. But you know these people who just have a knack for living in certain some certain circumstances that I'm like, I don't even know what I would do in that moment. But that person always knows what to do. Always knows what to do in that moment. There's wisdom for having a knack in how to lead in a moment. Having an idea, having a knack for knowing what to say, a sense of what to do in every moment. So wisdom is not just intellect. It's an actual knack for life. I just have a way of living life in different moments if I've attained some kind of wisdom. I always say that my wife, Tanya, is one of the wisest people I know. She has a knack for relationships and family relationships, particularly when anything goes down in her family, I will tell you, Tanya is the first person that they all call separately. When something blows up in the family, they all call Tanya. Like, she just has a knack for having the right thing to say at the right time in those moments. And that's wisdom. I have a knack for something. And she doesn't always see it. Also, wisdom. She, doesn't, she would say, I'm not wise. I don't know why you keep saying that. I don't know why you went up in front of all those people on <laughs> Sunday and said that out loud. Uh, humility is wisdom. So, uh, it's also part of it. Uh, the Proverbs are not necessarily prophetic. A lot of people read it poorly when they come across this expecting the Proverbs to be a prophetic word. This is not prophetic literature. So don't, you don't find the phrase in all of Proverbs. You don't find the phrase, thus says the Lord. That's not in the Proverbs. The wise man or the wise woman is not concerned with such things as prophecy. She's more concerned with dealing with life as it is day to day in a better way than I did yesterday. That's wisdom. The Proverbs should not be read or studied the same way that we read the prophets. It's different literature. We don't pursue wisdom so that we can be saved. Wisdom is not saying, I went to the mountain and this is what God said. You don't read that in the Proverbs. Instead, it is saying, I have observed some things in this life. And I want to pass it to you. This is the voice of wisdom. I have observed some things in life and I would like to pass these on to you so that you can live life better. You don't have to fall into the same traps that I fell into before I learned wisdom. You don't have to keep tripping on things that are behind you. You can live differently. After all, if wisdom cannot deal with the big issues of our life, then... It's not wise. That's not what we're finding in here. Each of these things, the wise father is speaking something that he recognizes in life or has observed and has lived through that is very important for him to pass on to the person learning wisdom. This is what we see in the Proverbs. Another thing to realize is that wisdom is not limited to God's people. Wisdom calls out in the city gates where everyone lives. Wisdom calls out to everyone and is available to everyone if they would pursue it. If they would tune their ear from all the noise and listen to wisdom it is available to them should they want to listen. There are several points when the Proverbs even show an impact from other wisdom thoughts and other wisdom writings will be found throughout here. But that being said, it's also important to realize that there is another thing that shows up throughout the Proverbs and I'm gonna highlight it. And if you flip toward the end, in Proverbs chapter 25, this is another thing you're gonna see if you study through or if you read through the Proverbs. Um, some, Some scholars have called this the great mystery of wisdom literature, so and Proverbs 25, starting. Let's just start in verse one. Said these are also, These also are Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied. It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. As the, heavens of, as the heavens for height and the earth for depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. Now, this idea of the glory of God is to conceal things. This will show up a few times, not as always as explicitly as it does in this, this verse. That's why I went to, back to this verse to show it very very clearly. But you'll see this throughout the Proverbs, this idea that God conceals The truth. He conceals the wisdom. It's almost like it's hidden. But it calls out to us from the city gates. So it's not completely hidden. It's all there. But God conceals the truth. God conceals the wisdom. And men and women search it out. So there's this understanding that wisdom is available to all who will desire it. God's people will search it out. God's people will actually go and tune their ear to the wisdom amidst all the noise that's also calling out from us. And the harlot that also calls out to us in the city gates. But God's people will search it out and discover more of what God has concealed for you to find. It says God is glorified in the sense that he has knowledge. He has wisdom that we could never grasp. That's why it doesn't matter how old you are or how long you've lived this life, you could have learned a ton of things of how to live wisely, but there's always more things to live. And always more wisdom out there. You will never know all of wisdom. No matter what you have observed in life, you will never know all of God's wisdom and all of God's knowledge. So there's always going to be wisdom calling out to us at every stage of our life. God is glorified in concealing Enough of the knowledge until it's ready for you to know. Until it's ready for you to take hold of. But the Christian, the man of God, the woman of God that follows and pursues wisdom is glorified in that God allows you to actually pursue it at all. God says, I will teach you these things. I call out to you all the time. If you'll seek me, I will give you the wisdom that you need. God is so much greater, and yet he still allows us to pursue. He still allows us to experience him along the way when we need to. There's information, there's wisdom that I don't know yet because I'm not ready to know that yet. But I will tell you there have been moments in my life up to this point where I've observed some things, I've navigated some things and some circumstances and I have acquired wisdom that God has spoken to my life because I sought wisdom in those moments. I know all of you would say the same. You can remember moments where like, I don't know what to do with this. I better listen. And then God instructed you. And sometimes that is hearing from God in your own prayer life. Sometimes that is someone comes into my life and speaks wisdom into me. Uh, God often, always speaking wisdom through other people uh, that I trust, listen to God as well, and I say well, how do you see this circumstance? What does that look like for you? How would you navigate this circumstance that I don't know what to do right now? That's that's seeking wisdom in those moments. I've been working with college students for almost 20 years now and uh, they don't always seek wisdom Um, some of them do but especially when you think of things like relationships and over and over and again you keep hearing the same things and you're just like I I told you not to do that but I mean like how, how how else do I tell you this I've observed some things when I was in college I observed some things and learned some things I'm trying to pass this on to you And you still didn't listen. So I don't know what to do for you. But there are these moments where you have the opportunity because now you've observed some things and you're trying to pass it on. And there are other people that have been through the thing that you're facing right now. There are people somewhere who have navigated and observed some things about that thing that you can't figure out right now. And they will call out to you. God will call out to you through those people's lives if you will just seek it. If I will just go to that, to some people and say, how did you navigate that? Because I don't know what to do right now. That is seeking wisdom. It's saying like, "How, how, how might God be speaking to me through people who have seen this thing that I'm up against right now? God conceals, but men search out And it is the great mystery of like, why would God hide it? Because you're not ready for it yet. Mm, But when you're ready for it, and when you will actually seek it out, I will give you the wisdom you need for this moment. Uh, That's it. Yeah, that's it. So, um, like I said at the beginning, I'm going to be with you for three weeks. Um, this is one of uh, three weeks. And then uh, we're in July. It just started. Um, there are 31 days in July. There are 31 Proverbs. I think I am going to, uh, since I'm going to be with you through July, I'm going to ask if you will be with me in Proverbs for this month. Right? So uh, we have some catch-up to do because it's already July It's already July 9. So uh, if you at least maybe sometime today if you can just read through to Proverbs 9 and then from then on it's just one proverb a day and that's what I'm going to challenge myself to do and then when we come together uh, over the next couple weeks I'll I'll highlight some of these things like the fear of God that you're going to see as you start reading through it's going to come up a lot um, the The wisdom, wisdom is found in the fear of God so you're going to see that over and over again so let's talk about it, let's talk about what is the this fear of God that he keeps talking about. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how it informs uh, our how we live life ethically uh, and justly because justice and equality uh, and peace, they come up a lot in the, in the Proverbs. Um, the one who seeks wisely, counsel, uh, lives a life that is just and, inequ- and equitable to people. So I want to know what that looks like because it comes up a lot. Uh, but if you would just challenge yourself uh, to step to join me reading through the Proverbs through this month, uh, that will be great. I'm going to close literally with this um, there is a, a poet named Billy Collins, one of my favorite poets, uh, but he wrote this brief poem uh, and he calls it the introduction to poetry remembering that most of the Proverbs are written in poetic form and uh, he says this. He, he talks a little bit about um, having instruct, doing uh, an instruction like a poetry course at a college. Uh, and that's what this poem comes from. Uh, but he says, I ask them to take a poem and hold it up to the light like a color slide or press an ear against its hive. I say drop a mouse into the poem and watch him probe his way out or walk inside a poem's room and feel the walls for a light switch. I want them to water-ski across the surface of a poem waving at the author's name on the shore. But all they want to do is tie the poem to a chair with a rope and torture a confession out of it. (laughs) They begin beating it with a hose to find out what it really means. If you will join me, in reading through the Proverbs over the next month. I'm not asking you to do a Bible study. I'm not asking you to unpack every single verse. Just read it. Just read it. Let it wash over you. We'll talk about it on Sunday. You don't have to study it. Add it to whatever you're studying right now. Just read that Proverb maybe like twice. Let it wash over you. Don't investigate it. I'm not asking you to investigate it. I'm just asking you to enjoy it for what it is. Maybe God will speak to you, the wisdom that's calling out to you. But enjoy it for what it is. And then we'll talk about it on Sunday. All right? Uh, Let me pray. And then I'm ready to go. (laughs) Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you again for this opportunity. Uh, I ask God that as we begin uh, just together over the next few weeks to walk through the Proverbs, um, we know that you're calling out to us. We know that um, every one of us is up against something right now, that we're trying to figure out how to do it well, and we don't know what to do. So would you speak a little clearly, a little bit more clearly maybe, In a way that we can hear you. We are going to seek you. We are going to pursue you. And we ask for wisdom. We ask for a better way of living life. Just teach us. Show us. May we have the ears to hear. May we have the eyes to see. Things that are right there in front of us. That you are constantly calling out to us. We praise you for who you are. And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen
4: amen okay thank you PC um just a couple of announcements for you um I hope we never stop seeking wisdom um seeking wise counsel it's uh, well I think it's oh it holds the key to so much in life um and one of those places that you can seek wise counsel is in a small group. Did you like that? I just kind of went into that. Um, <laughs> we uh, we here at Santa Valley Church know the value of connecting. And so we want to make sure we have opportunities to connect and to speak into each other's lives and to seek wisdom together. So um, there are small groups going on. And if you're not part of a small group right now, I encourage you to jump into one. There's always, always an open seat. Um, So you can find out about those groups um, on our app, um, our SVC app. There's a little section that calls groups. Click on that, and you can see some groups that are going on, and and come connect. Um, Another opportunity to connect is for the men in our church. And on Monday evening, July 31st at 6 p.m. at Pastor Gary's house, um, he's going to be hosting a barbecue. And I know that there's a lot of men already signed up, so that's pretty exciting and pretty cool. And this is a place, it's, just, it's a place to come have fun and to relax and to connect, enjoy some great food together, and all men are invited. So please, there's a sign up at the back table um, where you can sign up to come and offer to bring something. And finally, um, now is a time that we can worship through our giving. We want to take a moment to worship God with our giving. And giving is one of the most it's it's one of the most worshipful things that we can do. Because what did God do for us? He gave. He gave his son. And giving our tithe, giving our offering is a way that we can just give back from all that God has given us. So if you are actively tithing, I just want to say thank you. And I'm sure that you have a story to tell about how the generosity that you're showing, God has been so much more generous back. So much more generous back. Um, so thank you that you're, for those of you that are tithing. If the tithing is an area that you're like, well, I haven't really got there yet, I just want to encourage you to try and watch how God is so faithful. So um, there's multiple ways to give. You can give through the app. It's real simple. You just tap on the give button, um, or you can go to our website and give through that as well. And um, I just want to thank you for again for your generosity as a church. I'm gonna hand it back to Matt. Thank you
2: very much. Let's stand, everybody, for our closing song. And I want to thank PC again for being here. especially want to thank Tanya and Addison and Briley for being here as well. It's an honor and a privilege to have you here. And you know there's an old saying that behind every strong man is an even stronger woman rolling her eyes. At least that's what I was told once. Uh, seriously, it's an honor and pleasure to have you here. Thanks, Thanks for being here. And I'm so I'm really looking forward to the next couple of weeks as well, and continuing our journey through the book of Proverbs. Let's lift this name on high one more time. Here we go.
0: All right, let's I'm you made my
1: life. Lord, love to see your I'm so you my life. I'm
0: so glad you came to save us. You, came. you came from heaven to earth. Lord, I lift your name on high, Lord, I lift your name on high, Lord, I love to sing your praises, I'm so glad you're in my life. glad you came to save us. You came from heaven Your name on high, Lord. I live. I lift your name on high. One more, Lord. I lift your name on high. Thank you, everybody. We will see you next time.